0: And we are live. JT here, welcome to The Huddle. The Huddle is where I sit down with successful people from the world of sport and coaching. It's to learn more about their journey to greatness. Why do I have these conversations? Because success always leaves clues. I want to take a moment to thank you. I want to take a moment to thank you, whether you are tuning in live as we stream into our Facebook community, whether you are watching the replay on YouTube or on Facebook, or whether you're listening to the audio on the podcast. Thank you so much for being here with me and my special guest today. And here's my reminder to you. The mind is like a parachute. It works best when it's wide open so my challenge to you is to remove all distractions to go all in on this conversation and I guarantee you you will gain a valuable nugget of wisdom that will not only help you succeed in sport but more importantly in the game of life been looking forward to my conversation with my special guest today we we've had some great conversations offline and, and I just wanted to bring him on because he's got a a ton of lived experience of of wisdom that I know uh, that uh, he's open to sharing with us. My guest in the huddle today is the president and director of football operations with the Essex Ravens football, longtime coach, uh, one of the most decorated coaches um, that I've been blessed to get to know. My guest in the huddle today is Coach Glenn Mills. How are you today, brother? Good, how are you Great, great brother. Um, one thing before we get started, coach, is uh, I, I'm a firm believer uh, to count your blessings, and and for me, it's a daily practice. And I believe that the greatest blessing we can give anyone is our time and energy. So I just want to thank you again for blessing me with and our community with your time and energy,
1: and just being open to share your journey to greatness. You know what? Any time, anytime you get an opportunity to, to, you know, just share some knowledge and share some experience and just make people better and, and players better. You know, I'm all for it. It's always great, to have a great opportunity. Yeah, for sure.
0: So, Coach, uh, one of the things that I often like to remind people is that life is a game, and games are supposed to be fun. So, I'm curious, uh, what if if you had an extra hour today of just time and energy, freedom? and you know it it couldn't be anything with like you know chores or anything like that what would you do with that extra hour of freedom especially now since it's the start of summer for you you're like
1: you're like in freedom mode now (laughs) I I, uh I I probably do a couple different things one thing I probably do is I enjoy getting out in a, a little the uh you know riding dirt, but riding four wheelers. Uh, I, I like to shoot a gun. I like to do stuff like that. I like to get out and just, and just be kind of out by myself and, and just having fun and, and just you know kind of a little bit of a wild side. I do like to, I like speed. I like different things like that, but I also times where I just, you know what, I, I go up to the football field where it all kind of started for me in Essex and, and just sometimes sit in the bleachers or just walk around and, and just say, and just remember all of the, the things that, you know, I remember from being there, right, as a, as a player, as a coach, as a spectator, um, so I do try and do different things like that, but yeah, when there's no football on, I, I try and get away and just kind of, you know, have time for myself to do just some things I like to do, because I, I don't get to do it enough. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a great reminder, right, on,
0: on, on you know, the importance of doing what brings us joy, right, like what, what, what truly makes us feel energized and enthused and don't you know, bring that passion about life. Okay. Uh, so I'm curious, again, you, you've had a successful career, right? First as an athlete and as a, as a long coach and, and you've coached at multiple levels. Uh, so I'm curious, sport has obviously played an important role for you in your life. What has been the biggest lesson that sport has taught you that you feel that you
1: still apply in your life today? um i i think the biggest thing is just constantly working hard um challenging yourself to to just continually push on because as you know in sport and in life it's not always great things aren't always great there's a lot of difficult situations And, and i think for me the biggest thing is is how you handle the difficult situations anybody can be great when things are going well let's see your true self when, when you're in adversity and when you're facing adversity in difficult times, right? And I think that's what defines you as a person. So you know, I, I think uh I think those are some things that that you know often people don't look at. It and it's uh yeah, like uh, that's what like I, I like those type of situations. I think it's huge character builders. I put our kids often at Ravens in in difficult situations, not only on the field but off the field. I challenge them in the difficult situations because I want to see how they respond. Because I think that is that is truly what what um, defines you as a person. Mm-hmm. I love how you
0: share that. A couple of things jumped out to me uh, from what I heard you share there. One, you know, it's real easy to be positive, right? And to be fired up when things are, when you perceive things are going well. But what is it? And, and I often come back to the football lens. It's easy to be up when you're up by 14. But what? Where's your mind? You know What actions are you willing to take when you're down by 14? Can you still come with that same energy and enthusiasm and passion? So I really love that. And, and second, I love, and I'm a big uh, power of words guy. I love how you talked about, I wanna see how our athletes and coaches respond during times of adversity. So I'm curious from your pr- perspective, why has that a, a lesson been so important for you? The ability to respond during times of adversity and challenge?
1: You know what, as a young kid, I I had a little bit of a difficult lifestyle. And um, my mom had remarried and my stepdad wasn't the the nicest guy. And and, uh, so for me, I was always in a difficult situation. Even in school, I I was one of those kids that, you know, they they were back in the day considered, you know, what they were considered, JT, is, is oh, my God, that kid's a pain in the butt. That kid's never going to make it, blah, 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 blah. And and I I don't know if that's the case so much as as to maybe – um, he's just misguided. He doesn't know exactly where, like I was one of those guys that took a little while to figure out what it was I wanted to do and where I was going. And I seemed to always kind of take the hard road. So for me, I, I enjoyed, you know, people saying, that guy's never going to make it. This guy's not going to do this. He's not going to do that. He's, he's a pain in the butt. He's, a, you know, but I just, the one thing I, I, again, I worked hard. I knew where I wanted to go maybe sometimes I, I took the hard path to get there, or, or, or I guess my path to get there, which is not necessarily the best path sometimes. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it's just, you know, and that that's the biggest thing is, is people, you know, so for me, I've always been in a situation where I face adversity where I've had difficult times. And I, and I think for me, it's been a huge character thing and, and, and character to me and adversity and, and, and integrity and stuff like that is something that's really, really big with me. And, and if you talk to anybody, they'll, they'll tell you that is that if you don't have those things, you just don't have anything, you know, in my opinion, I mean, and, and, and that's something I, I pride myself on doing, because I've always done things. I've always tried to do things the right way, maybe not the easiest way. Yeah. Um, and maybe not the way people want it done. Mm-hmm. Um, but more so the way that I think it needed to be done. And and I think the way that it helped me, you know, to, to get it done and and just made me a better person. Mm -hmm. Um, and and again, you know, it was a long road. It was, uh, you know, I had a child very young. Um, and and so there's been lots of diversity and lots of different things that i faced that, you know, I I think I got a wealth of, of, of knowledge and experience, you know, growing up and, uh, and and hey, you know it's kind of landing where i'm at today and and all of like that i've had some great mentors and coaches in my time that yeah. that really um kind of guided me in some very difficult situations that that helped me you know get to kind of where i am where i'm at now that that i'm forever grateful for right yeah
0: no and and, and what i really heard from you there coach is again that that sense of gratitude right that that sense of hey these have all been blessings yeah you know what you've acknowledged it you know sometimes i've chosen uh, the more difficult, right? Sometimes I've walked through the school hard knocks, but, you know, what, what's really on display here is it's made you into the strong and powerful leader that you are today. It, it,
1: it has, you know, the one thing I'll never forget when I, when I was in high school, there was, a, there was a teacher slash guidance counselor that, you know, said to me, you're never going to make it. You're, you're a troublemaker. You're this, you're that. And, you know, and that always stuck in my head. And it kind of, it kind of, it didn't upset me. It just said, yeah buddy, I'm going to show you that I'm going to do this and and you're wrong. Like, you know what I mean? Like, those are the kind of guys that I just love it. When they just say that I I can't do it because I'm going to prove you wrong. I guarantee you, I'm going to prove you wrong. And I'm going to, and I'm going to do it. And, and again, you're going to see, you know, and and I always have those in the back of my head where guys say that to me or guys have said that. And it it just, it's pushed me to, to probably work 10 times harder than I would have worked if, you know, I didn't hear that. I love that you
0: shared that story and what it reminded me is I had a similar experience when I was in high school in grade 12. I remember my guidance counselor pulled me in and it was a guidance counselor by, uh, by alphabetical name. And this guidance counselor pulled me in and she just told me, I don't think you should take a uh, grade 13 kinesiology, I, like you, your marks, you know, signs and matches don't like, I don't think you're going to be successful. And I remember that really sitting in the office, same as you going like, I've never met you before and you're telling me what I can't do and it was interesting it was our mutual connection uh for coach Terry Lyons who I went in his class and he the light bulb sort of went on with me there and and he was always someone that always encouraged me that always poured into me and the light bulb went on and all of a sudden it was like I proved her wrong because here we are you know I, I I End up going to university, to study kinesiology. We came up as ed teacher, so it's interesting how sometimes people doubting you can sometimes light a fire under your but arse. It, it does, it
1: one hundred percent does. And like I said, grade nine and grade ten, I was a I was a difficult kid. You know, I was mm-hmm. I was often. Kind of fighting in school and and bucking the system and and just doing things my way. Like I thought, you know, no one's going to tell me the way I do things. I know how to do things and as one of those (laughs) guys, right? And and it took some time. It did take some time. And uh, grade eleven and twelve, I kind of settled down a little bit. And then fifth year, grade thirteen, grade thirteen. When I was back in school, I I kind of got my act together a little bit. And I was a very very good wrestler. Um, You know that I was very fortunate to have a tremendous coach. And then Ross Pettigrew with football, kind of again made a tremendous path for me and Greg Wood. And that uh, and, and those are the times that kind of, I think, really started to get my act together and kind of figured out, you know, where I wanted to go and what I wanted to do and, and stuff like that. So.
0: You know, it's interesting, coach. Again, you, you, you talked about the power of sport. And one of the things is, I think it, it builds in this inherent, like it, it, it helps you to understand the, the value of having great coaches and mentors in your life, right? The ability to, to, to receive the, the love tough sometimes, right? The high expectations. Um, one of the things I've really come to appreciate about you is one, um, anyone that's been around Essex Ravens knows you have a a large coaching staff, right? You have a lot of support around you. Um, what I really love though, is a lot of the former athletes come back as coaches after, right. And and they help support you that way. So, so, so I'm curious, has that been a conscious one to bring them
1: back? Or is that just something where
0: they have such a good experience? They just want to continue to be a part.
1: I think a little bit of both, you know, I do definitely always talk to our kids. So, listen, guys, I said, you know, football for me changed my life, football and wrestling. And, and, you know, and that's what we're trying to do with our guys is, and I said, when you have an opportunity to give back, it's extremely important you give back. Um, everybody has a little bit different experience. Everyone has a different uh, look at the way football went or, or, or gained different things out of football. And, and you know, um, I, I just think you take whatever it is you got and you, you pay it forward a little bit and, and you help these young men out and, and you, and you try and, um, you know, again, making positive members of society, making great young man and and I use football as simply the reward to taking care of your business off the field right at home in school in public, um, you know, you take care of that stuff, the rest of it takes care of itself and football is simply again that the reward or the opportunity to to, you know, um, to to be able to say hey i'm taking care of my business If you don't take care of your business there you're not going to play at our place you're going to watch and you're going to you know until you get on board and and it's just not going to happen right so i use football as a tool to to try and get the most out of each and every young man and we i have had a few young ladies that have played so that, that that's the biggest thing for me is just to try and make them understand that listen what happens here is just a small part of your life it's what happens off the field that is the biggest part of your life right
0: and I love how you share that, right? Like you talk about, you know, the, the successes, right? The wins, the championships, like those are, those are great, but it's more about doing the little things well. And and one thing coach, I, I, I've always come to appreciate again, coaching against you, uh, being able to just have our conversations at many events, just being able to observe is I love the attention to detail with like simple things. And, and, you know, some might call it old school. I love the fact that I can watch your team, they run and run on and off the field, right? It's like, you know, and I rem- I'm reminded of coach Taylor saying, Hey, you know what you run till you get to the sideline or little things like you know um i remember handing out awards at the fall cup your coach uh your players were like thank you coach thank you sir thank you sir yeah. shaking hands like little things like that so i'm curious are those things that you consciously have have embedded
1: in the program or 100. are these just ones that no 100 we yeah. talk about that stuff all the time jt i mean it uh, you know, our, our kids are very, very fortunate. I, I think more fortunate than most programs. There's very few programs that have our own team doctor, team trainer, team chiropractor, team massage therapist. We have all equipment guys for our kids come in. If their equipment is broken, they take it to our equipment guys, it gets fixed. Uh, They don't have to fix it. They don't have to haul water. They don't have to pick up bags. However, you know, they do know that when you're done with your stuff, you put it back and you put the water jug back in the, in the holder, you put the equipment back nice and neat. You don't throw it all over. You don't leave crap laying all over. Um, Because again, you know, they're not here to clean up after you. They're simply here to help you. Uh, But the expectation is, is you're going to pull your part as well. You know, and, uh, and our kids know that and, and, and they're very, very much appreciative for everything they do. and, And thank you comes from our coaches, comes from myself. Like, um, I, I would never put an expectation on my on my kids that I wouldn't do myself. Um, you know, I've hauled water, i picked up bags, uh, you name it, I still do it. And my equipment guys say, coach, you don't have to do that. I said, it's okay, I don't mind doing it. You know, I, I, I'll give you the one story. It was funny, I took my coaching staff. I used to do a lot of guest coaching at the University of Michigan. Um, and Jim Herman was a good friend of mine. And when Lloyd Carr and all those guys were there. And, and I remember Jim Herman, Jim Herman probably made a a year when he was at Michigan as a defensive coordinator. and He was walking from uh, the main field or not the main field, the main practice area across over to the uh, to the um, indoor track facility. And there was a piece of garbage on the ground. And he bent down and picked up the piece of garbage. And I said to my coach, I said, guys, you see that? I said, here's a guy who's making $750,000. Not his job to pick up that piece of garbage. There's people that do that. But you know what? He knows that probably people are watching him and that's a small thing that makes him great, right there, picking up the piece of garbage you put in his pocket, and he continued on. And I, and I, you know, I just think that you can't expect kids and players to do something you're not willing to do to yourself. And, and, and I, and you talk to any of my kids; they know that I will do anything in regards to um, hauling water, picking up garbage, picking up bags, uh, fixing equipment. I've done it all. I, I, you know, I'm not just head coach. I've done every single thing. Mm-hmm. Um, just because I think. In order to be show an example, you got to do those type of things in order. If you want kids to do it, you got you know, you got to do it yourself. And, yeah. and there's times when I run with my kids. Um, and they say, Coach, what are you running for? I said, listen, because I, if, you, if I expect you to run, I'm going to do the same thing you guys do. Yeah. And they can't say no. They won't say no. They say, if Coach is going to do it, I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. Right? And, and, and you'd be surprised how much more you get from your kids just doing simple things like that you know, cause they, they won't, they will not do, they will not say I'm not doing it. Like if they see our coaches and, and a lot of times, a lot of our coaches jump in just because it, it's just a simple thing that, that just kind of self-motivates kids to do even more. Right. Yeah. Well, I, and it's, I, what I love about that is, you
0: know, in sport there's this, you know, I I've observed, you know, in the 20 plus years that there can be this sense of entitlement if you, if it's not kept in check, and and what it reminds me of, uh, Coach Samways at our locker room at AB Lucas would put with whom much is given, much is expected, and it was the same idea again, cut from the same cloth. That there was nothing that we were our coaches would do. We would washers pick up garbage off the floor, do you know carry water, whatever, take kids, whatever needed to be done, whatever we're asking them to do, we would be willing to do. And it's interesting when kids see you doing that, they get it, like they realize you are all about them. And two, the funny thing is, your work actually lessens because then
1: other athletes and coaches want to start doing it they, because they, you're modeling it. They jump in, and, and you know, and, and stuff gets done a lot faster, and, and just it's just an all around better attitude, yeah. you know. Like like you, kids won't, like I said, kids won't if they see you doing it, they won't not jump on board. They will do it, and whether they want to do it or not do it, they'll do it just because they don't want to let you down, yeah. and they see you doing it right. And, and that's the biggest thing. Like, I think, you know, our, our, our program, our kids are tight. Like, you know, nobody leaves practice without someone, like when, when someone's left in a field or when something's not done, they don't leave. Everybody stays there until it's done. And we leave and we come together. And that's something that, you know, we believe is extremely important. And I think, again, that's why a lot of people come back. And, you know, we tell our guys, once a Raven, always a Raven. They're always welcome back. We make sure when we bring them back, we introduce them. We make sure, you know, we, we everything, you know, and that, that's important. Like, and I think that's why we've been so successful in regards to, in regards to, you know, our kids coming back. Like I, I can pick up the phone and call up, oh my God, I got multiple guys in the pros and, and they would do anything they needed because of the, you know, tremendous experience they had in our program. Right? And they know that it's for the kids and the expectation, you know, it, they know what it's for and, and they're great that way
0: yeah I again, I, I love that right. Like that ability and and you know, I think back to uh, you know coach Haler and, and coaches used to talk about like pay homage, right? Like celebrate your past and then create your future moving forward. So I love that, right. It's so important. Um, so I'm, I'm curious from your perspective, right? I was actually speaking with uh, one of our other uh, district football coordinators at Football Ontario, who, again, you know, has been teaching and coaching for 20 plus years. And and I remember we were walking around the school and I just said to him, you know, I felt like there was a lot of just inherent uh, coaching and mentorship that went on. Like I started my career, I've always in my teaching career, as I mentioned to you multiple times, I was always the baby. So I was always like, I was always like just a wizard, like just wanted to learn from other people who had been successful for much longer than I had been. Do you believe that those lessons are still embedded or has something been lost in terms of coaching and mentorship um, in something like sport or, or education or you know, yeah, you from know your I, experience?
1: I, you know what I find JT is these young coaches think that they deserve, deserve to be head coaches and coordinators and everything right away. You know, they don't have to put in time. They don't have to prove themselves. Like where I come from is, is, you know, you work, you get this opportunity, you work harder, you get this opportunity, you work harder, you get this opportunity. Nothing's given to you, right? Where, you know, people just automatically think, well, I'm too good to just be a defensive or assistant, a coach. I I should be a coordinator. Says who, like what have you done to be a coordinator? You know what I mean? So I just think that that's one thing I find with today's society that is for me really difficult because I know how hard I've worked. Um, and I know how much time I put in and, and I'd never, you know, I, I, became a young coach at the Essex Ravens and oh God, probably early my mid to late twenties. Um, really didn't have any clue what I was doing when I first started <laughs> as, as being a head coach, <laughs> as being, as being a head coach, I, I, I knew football. Yeah. Um, I, I knew I could motivate people sometimes, you know, in crazy ways other times and, and just, you know, it, it was just different. Right. But, um, I had some great mentors that, that again, helped me along the way and that I always tried to bounce things off of. I still, believe it or not, call up Ross Pedigue and bounce things yeah. off him, Greg Wood and bounce things off him, and my wrestling coach and bounce things off him because I just want to make sure when I when I'm making a decision or when I'm doing something, it's not just my way I see it. I've got multiple ways. I hope people see it. Right. Um, Because every decision I try and make is what's best for our, our kids and our program and our program in general. Not, I've never made a decision what's best for Glenn Mills. I I mean, Glenn Mills is one guy that's going to eventually go uh, just like all of us and and, and nobody. And I, you know, I've always said this, nobody's bigger than the game Um, when it's time for me to go, you know, when it's time for me to go and, and, and I'm fully aware of that. And, and I fully understand that and the game will continue to move on. And you just want to try and leave the biggest positive impact you can. Right. And, and that's, you know, that's kind of how I look at things. And uh, like I said, I, you know, I just find today's youth and today's younger coaches just, they don't have the respect of the game. Like, I, you know, I, I believe football is, is a different type of game. Like, you know, it's just, you got to, you gotta have a tremendous amount of respect for the game. It's not about me or anybody else. It's the, the game is bigger than anybody. And, and sometimes I think a lot of people lose that point of it. You know, what, what I love that I heard from you again is
0: that ability that here you are, right? Have created all the success, right? And, and built this, this, this successful program and you still tap into your coaches and mentors, right? I'll and what you. I love about that is, it takes a certain level of calm and confidence, right. To say, Hey, I'm, I, I, I'm not sure what the answer is, but I'm going to tap into my, you know, the people I trust to, to shape my, my perspective. Right. And then I can make sure that I'm making the best
1: decision for everyone. Right. So I I love, I love that share. And I I think that's incredibly important, right. Because again, everybody sees things a little bit different and sometimes depending on what position you're in, you can be blinded by, by kind of what, what your goal is, right, so I, you know, I always, again, try and get multiple people, and, and I talked to Joe DeMore, Joe DeMore is a very good friend of mine, we coached together for a long, long time, and and we, and we talk often about, you know, different things, and, and if there's something that's kind of bothering me, or if he knows something's bothering me, he'll give me a call and say, hey, what's up, man, like, you know, and, and, and I use him as a tremendous sounding board as well, um, you know, because, he, you know, he, he's had a tremendous amount of football experience as well, so um, those guys, I don't want to say they keep me grounded, but they, they keep me open-minded for sure. Yeah. You know, which is, which for me is important. Yeah.
0: Well, and, and again, it's, it's a great reminder that the often the most successful people are willing to share their lived experience, to share their wisdom with you. It's just interesting that are, are you open to asking for, uh, for that feedback. Right. And it's funny that when you ask the questions, Again, those people are, those most
1: successful people are usually willing to open up their playbook. And for me, that's something that it's probably taken some time, you know, as a young coach. um, Again, like I told you earlier, I took over, I was very young, Greg would have did it for one year. And and he said, Glenn, you want to be the head coach? And I said, what the heck, let's give it a try, right? I I had been coaching for some time, but I'd never been a head coach and as a coordinator and stuff. And, and, uh, you know, and again, I look back at it and and man, uh, I really in my younger days, I I would maybe wasn't so open to, to advice. I, you know, I I was kind of one of those guys that said, Oh, I got this. I know what I'm doing. And I, you know, I played and blah, blah, blah. And, and as I've gotten older, you know, I, I really expanded in regards to, you know, just going out and getting advice and looking at things a million different ways and, and just trying to understand, you know, not every kid's the same. Um, You got to teach, you know, I coach every kid differently and, and, Never forget the one experience, I think it was 19, when, No, it was 2002 and, I, and Andy Fantuz was playing for us. And uh, I, I'm a, you know me, JT, I'm a guy that kind of gets up in your face and if things aren't getting done, I'm on you. Like I'm up your butt and I'm like, come on, man, we need, you know, we need more from you and blah, blah, blah. And, and I'll never forget, Andy was playing bad. He just wasn't playing good and dropping balls and just not making plays. And, and I went over and man, I got on him and I got on him hard and, and he played worse. And, and I'll never forget the end of the game. I said, well, that didn't work. <laughs> you know? And and, and, uh, and I realized that there's some guys you can do that to, And there's other guys that you can put a tremendous amount of pressure on them and they just don't perform. They put enough pressure on themselves to, you know, they don't need extra pressure from you. Right. And, and, and if, I'll never forget that 2002, that was a, a crazy thing I learned. And I just said, I got, you know, and I think I took from then on, I took a much greater um, role in in understanding kind of my players and what motivates each guy. Right. Like for me, I I really, really see what's important to each one of my kids and and what motivates them and what, what makes them tick. And, And then I try and use those things to make them become better players. Right. And, and, and it's a game. It's, it's, it's crazy, but I, you know, I, I've become very, very good at getting the most out of my guys just because I understand, you know, what each guy needs or what each guy loves to make him get them fired up. And, and I kind of, you know, I, I I play those games with those guys and I, and I get the most out of my guys often doing that type of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And, and what I love about what you shared there,
0: and what I heard from you again was that's what great leaders do, right? Like your first responsibility as a leader, and, and this is my belief is that – your first responsibility is to get clear on what people want, right? And you talked about like what what fires them up, what is on their heart, what makes them tick, what's going to allow them to dig a little bit deeper during those times of adversity. And then from that, then you can actually learn, like you said, it's a game of, of, of push and pull and and that's the beauty of coaching right
1: yeah there, there's you know and it's funny as coaches you know you do all kinds of of, of goofy and crazy stuff to <laughs> yeah. to mail kids I I mean there's one time one of my coaches we were playing Mississauga it was a big game we had a huge rivalry and, and uh and one of our coaches had made up a, a fake newspaper uh article and uh Saying all kinds of crazy stuff, right? mean, we, we put it up in our locker room, and our kids were were mad. They're mad. And they didn't, they didn't realize like they didn't go back and read the paper and realize that what was said and what wasn't said. There was an article, but there was an article, but he had tweaked some stuff and changed some stuff. And, and I mean, we come out and we just destroyed him. And I was going, oh my god, like it, you know, it, it's just so easy how you can how you can kind of manipulate him and twist him and, and and just get him fired up, right? And. Yeah. Uh, and I kind of chuckle sometimes. It's very funny. Some of the stuff that back in the day that, that we used to kind of do.
0: Yeah. So so I'm curious from your perspective, again, like that that to me has always sort of been that idea of, right? Like I, I see now why I've always enjoyed our conversations is, is that, I, you know, I kind of have the same passion to like, I, I just want to learn more about you. Like I find out where do you want to go? Like what what makes you feel alive? So, So I'm curious, is that something that you believe you can teach someone or is that just something that
1: some people have some people don't no i maybe a little bit of both i I mean i know our coaches um you know we we've had some coaching changes over the last little while i try to keep it consistent but especially the younger guys they don't really take the time to to learn about the players like i go to practice i'm out early every day I shake their hands every day. I ask them how their day's going. Uh, you know, Hey, you got anything, you need anything, blah, 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 blah. Um, and, and I try and do a lot of that stuff. Um, and I try and encourage our coaches to do that. I said, because you never know when they come to football practice, what they have on their plate, uh, kids nowadays, uh, you know, are facing a million different things. I mean, it's COVID I mean, even pre-COVID they were, but now even post-COVID, um, You know, there's a lot of things on their mind. There's a lot of things on their plate. There's a lot of mental health issues. So I I always try and make sure our coaches are out there saying hello, shaking their hands, saying, hey, how's it going? You know, you need anything. Um, And and the biggest thing I want my kids to understand is, guys, listen, this is a game, but I care about what you are as a person. I care about what you're doing. And if you need anything, please let me know, and I'll be glad to help you. Because in the overall scheme of everything, football is a game and nothing more than a game you know that's one thing i probably learned over the last 15 years too i i used to think it was everything in, in it you know some things and you just look at it and it's a game and and uh you know there's far more to life than, than the game of football
0: yeah it, it's a great reminder it's interesting right like you've been sharing that you know it's come up multiple times here that you know like this is part but the game's much bigger than all of much, us right yeah much bigger it's so I'm curious, right? We, we're coming out of an interesting time, right? Like you talked about, this last two and a half years has has been an interesting time in human history, right? And and I, being respectful that everyone has had a different lived experience, um, but if you look at it from a number perspective, right, um, provincially, right, we have more people playing, right? We have um, different parts of the game, right? Like flag is starting to grow. Um, I, I'm curious, like, do you see this growth of football? continuing to go up because as you know it wasn't you know too long ago where you know uh it was not exactly the first thing parents were signing their kids up for you know what
1: i I, I see i see touch i see flag uh i see women's um growing yeah i I see tackle dwindling um i'm concerned uh you know especially in high school situations um, that that the numbers are, are drastically dropping. Um, I'm worried what the board's thoughts are on these type of things. Different boards have different thoughts. Um, yeah, is there a risk? Yeah, there's, there's a risk of playing football, absolutely. Um, you know, is it expensive? Yeah, it's expensive, the equipment. But, you know, one thing I know is that if it wasn't for football in high school, God knows if I would have went to high school. You know, and there's a lot of kids that, that need football, um, a lot of difficult kids that need football, um can't play maybe necessarily club football you know i'm a club guy i spent 25 23 years coaching high school football so i understand that as well you know and i I know there's a tremendous need for high school football um and, and and i see down the road here i i see some serious issues coming because i think it's going to drop off tremendously um you know and i hope that's not the case because it's just so needed especially in high school with the kids but uh yeah, the other the other parts of it are are, are growing. Um, it still gets a bad rap. I think equipment's safest than it's ever been. Yeah, I think the coaching levels of certification are higher than they've ever been. Yeah, I think the techniques are higher than they've ever been. Um, and I think parents are missing the boat on that, and they still think that football is a very dangerous game. Yeah, and, and I tell you, I remember playing um, you know, con- what was a concussion protocol? You know, I had a helmet that was a suspension helmet. Um, sometimes I hate guys and I didn't know what day it was, you know, I remember walking the wrong huddle and then going in a the huddle they're like, buddy, your huddle's over there. Hey, thanks guys. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you can't, that stuff doesn't happen anymore. The equipment's yeah. tremendously safe, The safe tackling. Um, you know, so I, I, it just, it just is scary to me where the game is going just simply because, again some of the concerns that I think are, are false concerns and mm-hmm. just some of the you know they're, they're gonna put a they're gonna put a value on um you know on reconditioning and, and this and that and, and I think there's no amount of money that can teach the lessons that football teaches um on the field uh mm-hmm. you know and they need it in high school I, I learned far more in a football field than I ever learned in high school
0: mm-hmm.
1: in, in regards to life right mm-hmm. But like in, in and uh it's just it, it's needed and I and I'm worried about it because I just don't uh, you know I mean they'll, they'll always be club but again not every kid can play club yeah. right there's kids that need high school yeah and if they're not doing that they're probably causing problems somewhere else yep and and they're looking for avenues to to get out their energy to get out their you know uh mischievous oh. side of them and, and and that's the part that it's kind of frustrating to me that I see coming. Kind of, you know, I just uh, the numbers. I, I think you know show themselves that the numbers in high school football were down tremendously over the last couple mm. of years, well, a few years. Well, and I think you bring up a, a great point,
0: right? Like that idea of you know high school football, like same as you, right? Like my my heart is in high school at you know Dun Community, but like you said, high school football, as you know, it offers uh, it decreases the barrier to entry because the cost is much lower and part of it is you're not renting fields, you're not renting facilities, right? The, you know, so the busing, right. It's all that stuff is built into the school. And, and it's interesting that, like you said, it's, it's, it's a much cheaper from an investment standpoint, but two, I think the greater investment is, you know, how many uh, young people will it help to graduate with a high school diploma? How many will it for maybe uh, hanging out with a different peer group, right?
1: Or, or maybe just even striving them for, to want better in their life right and to watch the the biggest thing that that i think they missed the boat on is that when those guys become part of those teams um their expectation as a person also rises and they're not they don't want to let their teammates down they're not going to do dumb stuff that's going to cause their teammates issues and and you know people don't realize that part of it like it, it you know they they and i just shake my head sometimes i have these you know, I don't want to say arguments, but I have these conversations with, with principals and different people. I said, guys, you guys are missing the boat on this. You don't know, you know, you don't know what, what, you know, kids are getting from this. And that's this thing, right?
0: Yeah. Well, and you know, again, it's that dividend where it's that, that four years of investment of them in high school is going to lead to success 40 years down the road. Right. And, and it's, yeah, sometimes it's, it's hard to put a, a dollar value on it, but to me, it's like if it transforms one life,
1: I think that that's a great investment. Absolutely, you know, and, and uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I hope it bounces back. Um, you know, I, I got my doubts, but I hope it does. Yeah.
0: Um. So I'm curious, right? Uh, last year, you know, we, we've had some great discussions. And, and like I said, I, I always love, the one thing I love, about our conversations is I know the same conversations that we have offline at an event are the same as we're having here, right? Like, like you're consistent, right? And I think that you're not only consistent in life, but you know, in on the football field. So I, so I'm curious, like you shifted into this role, right? You, you've been a leader at multiple different levels, right? At first coaching, and now you shifted into this one as a district football coordinator. So I'm curious, as you're getting closer to to uh, shifting to a different phase of your football journey. Yeah, what, what would you like to see happen?
1: Well, I, you know, I, I'd i love to see everybody put the game first and get on the same page. I think there's so many agendas in regards to, you know, what people are doing. And, and, and I, I think, you know, I think a lot, a good group of people are kind of rolling in the same direction. I'm not sure everyone's rolling in the same direction. You know, I think a lot of guys still do this because they want to say, Oh, look at me, look at me, look at me. Well guys, the game is not about one person. I said that from day one. It's not about when Glenn Mills goes, guess what? Someone else is going to step in and I, and you know what? And hopefully there's passion enough as I was about the game. And hopefully they'll have the success that I was fortunate enough to have, um, you know, and, uh, and as long as they understand the game is biggest picture in the game has always got to be the number one thing. Um, you know, I, I think you can't go wrong, but that's the biggest thing I'd love to see is, is is trying to get everybody on the same page for the greater good of the game and the greater good of the youth that, that are not playing this game because of a bad experience because of God knows what reason, Right. And there's a lot of kids that leave the game early um, because of a bad experience. I have two grandsons that are uh, eight and one's and seven uh, coming up and, uh, you know, they had a bad experience last year in minor and and I'm actually going to go coach their team this year because they didn't want to play again. And I said, listen, guys, I want them to play, um, you know, so I'm going to actually go coach with some other guys and, and try and get them excited about the game again. Um, just because again, that's our future, right? That's the youth, that's our future. And that's the things that, you know, those are the guys we got to make sure are excited about the game when there isn't going to be a game. Yeah. You know, so, so this fall, I'm actually going to coach you a, a tight team, uh, which, which should be good for a laugh. Yeah.
0: So, I I love that, bro. I love that you're going back to the grassroots, right? Like you, know, you get to, you know, one thing I've, I've loved is, I love how Essex Raven football, there's a family element. I know your family's very involved there. And I love that you're going to coach your, your, your grandsons. I, I did the same thing this year with my son. Uh, Went to give
1: an experience, went back, coaches his flag team. So it's
0: been interesting.
1: Just, it's, uh and it's funny. I've never, I've never really, my daughters were very good. I was a very good wrestler. My daughter's yeah. wrestled. My daughter's wrestling. I never really spent a ton of time coaching my my kids um, yeah. just because I, I always said it's not healthy um, yeah. when they have to come home every night. And then not only are you the coach, you're their dad. Uh, often dinner table conversations are, not you know, probably the most positive when you're in that type of situation. So I've always tried to, yeah. You know, I I mean, in tournaments, if their coach was coaching someone else, I would help out and stuff like that. But I've always tried to remove myself from situations like that just because, you know, I I think you can be a coach and I think you can be a dad, but I don't think you can be both Yeah, and and be positive, um, you know, if you want to be honest. Hmm. Yeah, it's At 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 a high level, right?
0: Yeah. Well, it's interesting. I think I shared this with you when we were last together at a, at the provincial flag event. You know, I remember early in my coaching career at an officer coaching clinic. And I remember this always resonates before I had kids. And it said, the only thing a parent should ever say is add a boy or add a girl. And I remember just thinking there that that sort of has framed. And like you, I, I know I can be a demanding parent sometimes. So I've always tried to do my best to just be that supportive and encouraging parent because it can sometimes blur the lines, right? If you're coaching. It, it, it definitely
1: can. And my daughters used to get upset and say, dad, why don't you coach me? I said, because it's not healthy. I said, I'm probably one of the most competitive guys you'll ever meet. Yeah. And and I just sometimes push too hard. Yeah. Um. And I know that. And it's just, as my own kids, I don't think it would be a, a positive experience yeah. that would help anybody. Yeah. Right. And, and, and I just, and I'm fully aware of that. And I just said, hey, you know, this is how I'm going to do things. And even my, my grandkids, like, you know, I'm going to try and I'll coach them. I'll try to, mm. you know, not to, not to, you know, I'll just, you just got to be careful. Right. Because yeah. again, they're family and, yeah. uh, you know, I, and I've never, I just never got kind of caught up in that stuff just because it's just, I don't think it's healthy. That's my own personal yeah. opinion on it. Right. Yeah.
0: Okay. So I have one last question for you. Again, res- respectful of your time and energy you know, one of your blessings is you've, you've been able to coach, right? Like you, now you're shifting into coaching your seven to eight-year-old grandsons. Uh, you know, you're currently coaching, right? 17 to 18-year-old men. You've had the blessing of coaching 28, you know, 27, 20 year old guys that are playing pro. Let's say you had one of them and they came to you and said, Coach, I'm just facing, you know, a ton of challenges right now. Just feeling like the world is just, you know, knocking me down. What is that one piece of advice that you would give them so that they could get back on their feet? they could, you know, have an intentional response and just get back on their journey.
1: It, it's funny because, we, you know, we've had quite a few guys who want to play college and university football at a very high level. And, and, and I've got multiple phone calls from, from numerous of those guys, right? In, in guys in Texas and guys here and guys there. And, and obviously when you go compete at that level, um, it's a completely different game. It's a completely different mindset. Every player is a top-end player. Um, you're just an average guy. And, and that can be ego denting, yeah. right? It could be, it could be, <laughs> it could be, it could be damaging. And, uh, yeah. you know, so, so I've had these conversations and and often I just tell them, listen, man, take some time and, and write down what you love about the game, mm-hmm. what you don't love about the game, what you can control, what you can't control. Right. And just, I, and the biggest thing I tell them is guys, you have to understand it is a game. You know, and, and it's supposed to be fun. Even at the highest level, it's supposed to be fun. Yeah, you're getting paid. And you're only going to get paid for a certain amount of time. Yeah. Right? But it's still got to be fun. And as soon as it stops being fun, it's time to leave. You know, like I'm still having a ton of fun. Um, You know, as a coach, I still enjoy... Coaching with my guys, my coaches, I still really enjoy interacting with the kids. Um, probably, you know, my my passion is decreasing a little bit, but you know, I've always told myself when I go, oh, I got practice tonight. It's time for me to go, yeah. because that means you don't have it anymore, you know. And I and I watch that stuff closely, and I and I'm you know I keep myself very aware of those type of things because it's not fair to the kids. It's not fair to yourself. It's not fair to the game, right? So I always try and tell my, my kids and my young men all the time, you know, and I, and I had the conversation with Luke when he had called up and he was talking about he had to retire and stuff like that. And, and you know, Luke took some time, but he had a tremendous grasp on that, that, hey, I had a tremendous run. I had a ton of fun. Um, it's a game. It's time for me to go. You know, when he transitioned and now he's doing all this crazy cycling and doing all this crazy stuff and, and good for him. And, uh, you know, but I, I always try and tell my guys that day is going to come. I remember when it came for me from a player to a coach, um, probably one of the most difficult things I ever had to do. Right. Not, not be able to play the game anymore. And and it was very difficult at that time. You know what but I think I've learned ways to be able to to be able to understand it better and be able to move forward better just. At every aspect of the game, so I think guys have to understand that part of it—that it's a game. Um, there's going to be a time where it's going to come where you're not going to perform at the level you want to perform at anymore, and it is what it is. Transitioning to to a different avenue, whether that's coaching, whether that's you know mentoring, whether that's God knows what, right? And just embrace that and and do it to the best of your ability. Yeah. And, and that's, and that's all you can do, JT. And, uh, you know, and it, it, and that's what I've tried to do. And like I said, I've been, I've had some good times. I've had some not so good times. Well, mm-hmm. I don't consider them not so good times. I, I consider them, you know, some times where I definitely had to reevaluate yeah. and, and, and learn and, and regroup, um, you know, because again, I, I think those are the times that you probably learn the most. Mm-hmm. Right. For, for, for me anyway. Yeah, I love it. Um,
0: Glenn, I, I just want to take a moment to acknowledge you. I want to take a moment to acknowledge you for the man you are, you know, the great dad, husband, coach, teach, mentor, really the amazing human being you are. You know, the one thing I've really come to appreciate, again, you know, coaching against you for, for a number of years and now shifting where, you know, I feel like we've developed this connection, this friendship. You know, the one thing I've really... Um, come to appreciate about you is just your consistency right like who you who i'm talking to now is the same person that i'm gonna have that conversation with at an event like I, if there's no there's no separation right you and that, are, and that's, who how you are. Sh-
1: and that's how it should be jt i mean you know it's funny because i often meet people that they've heard about me or you know how it goes glenn mills this that and, and And then when they finally meet me, they say, oh my God, I was expecting a completely different person. I said, guys, listen, I said, you know, (laughs) I've been the same guy for 40 plus years, whatever it is. You know, I I haven't changed. I'm going to tell you how it is. Some people like to hear it. Some people don't like to hear it. I'm going to push you hard. I'm going to do some things that people might think are a little bit crazy. Yeah. it, It is what it is. It's just how I go about doing things. I mean, it doesn't mean it works for everybody. It doesn't mean it's the only way of doing things. It's just, it's me. It's kind of who I am. It's my character. It's my, yeah. it's everything. Right. And uh, I'll help anybody out. Anybody gives me a call of Lally, you know, me, I'll, I mean, I'll, I'll talk football. I'll do anything I can for any of my players or anybody in the game or, yeah. you know, and that's just kind of, you know, but I think sometimes it's easy to to, um, get, I don't want to say a bad impression, but get an impression that maybe necessarily isn't, the most accurate impression of people, um, before you get to know people. Um, yeah. and, 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 you know, what? and I've been, I, I would say a victim, I would say a victim of that on, on multiple occasions. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and it's funny because like I said, I've had that conversation with a lot of people.
0: Yeah. I love it.
1: Okay.
0: <laughs> so folks here is my reminder to you coach drops so many valuable nuggets of wisdom that will not only help you succeed in sport, but more importantly in the game of life. But as I remind you every time in the huddle, knowledge is potential power. It's the consistent and focused application of great knowledge that actually creates great results. So my challenge to you is to take one of these valuable nuggets of wisdom and go apply it to your life today. And as I remind you every week in the huddle, you are deserving of greatness. You are worthy of greatness. You are greatness. And my only ask from these conversations is, if it resonates with you, please share it with a friend, a loved one, a family member that needs to hear these simple ideas. Because the reason is, the more people we have listening to these, hearing these, applying it to their life, the more people will be able to reach their next level of greatness. Most importantly, love having these conversations. I'll see you next week in the huddle. Have a blessed start to your weekend. Chat soon, everyone.